0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi everyone. Today I'm talking with Paul Ross about how he teaches others how to use the power of language effectively in their business. Paul Ross is an author, speaker, teacher, master hypnotist and master trainer of neurolinguistic programming. For the past 30 years, he's taught tens of thousands of people the power of language, influence, persuade, sell, heal, turn pain into into passion, and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Welcome, Paul.
1: Thank you. And as we begin this exploration of language and subconscious communication today, I'm not sure all the ways your audience might stop and find yourself thinking, wow. This is really amazing. I can see myself applying this, but as it's taking place, I'm, I'm so honored to be the one leading this exploration.
0: We haven't had anyone on with your expertise yet. So what inspired you kind of down this entrepreneurial journey and like focus on linguistics?
1: Well, it's an interesting story. I originally started out, and this is not in my bio because I like to sort of spring it as a surprise on the host. I started out as a dating coach. I was a very shy young adult and needed to solve my own problem about not being able to get a date to save my life. And I didn't know how to communicate with women in a way that was emotionally interesting and evocative, it's basically a walking computer from the neck up. And I stumbled onto Neuro Linguistic Programming, a book by the guys who created it. And I don't want to get too deeply into it, but NLP is essentially a model of how language structures consciousness, shapes decisions, and drives human behavior and emotions. And so by studying that, first of all, I got over my own shyness and I fell in love with language at that time. I just saw the power of words to change entirely how we relate to ourselves and how we relate to other people. And so through that process, I thought I can teach other guys how to do this, which I began to do coaching. And about 10 years into it, I started to get phone calls and mail this is before email <laughs> i've been around a while and they said you know i've used your stuff to meet my wife my fiance but i've been using it in business and doubling my sales tripling my sales crushing my quotas i thought okay genius let's go back to the lab and figure out how you can apply this to sales and i've been training salespeople, entrepreneurs i prefer to work with people who are already what I call cutting edgers, people who want the very best. So typically my sweet spot are people, they've taken every sales training out there and they're still not satisfied. They wanna do even better. They wanna make their best day seem like an okay day and they wanna crush their competition. That's not always necessary, but I really like people who are already on the successful end of the spectrum and they wanna keep moving.
0: That's cool. So do you, like Zig Ziglar comes to mind when you were talking. Do you, like, have you referenced any of his training in your past or anything like that?
1: No, what I do is really unique and off the wall. And some people would say bat bleep crazy. It doesn't really have a lot of reference to whatever else is out there. Here's the thing. If you have a sales process... And if it's working for you, I'm not asking you to surrender that or to give it up. What I will say is if you're missing the power of using subconscious language to reach the subconscious mind of your clients, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Because here's the thing. Science will tell you that 80% of our decision making is made on the unconscious level. And 20% of it or so is made consciously. We rationalize away our decision. There's a phenomenon Called priming. And they've done studies where they got a group of students and they didn't tell them the real purpose of the experiment. And they had them look at a list of words, not subliminally, but actually show them the words like helpful, compassionate, service. And then they had a control group where they just gave them neutral words. Then they sent them out into a hallway. They had a Confederate trip and spill their books, the students who saw the words helpful, compassionate, et cetera, were the ones 80% more likely to help that person pick up their books. So if you can learn to use emotional priming, if you can learn to use some conscious languaging, you can do a lot with human behavior.
0: It is crazy how much our words can have such a huge effect, hey.
1: Yeah, indeed. But It's crazy, but there's also a structure to it. It's true. It's, I wouldn't say crazy. I would say it's gobsmacking (laughs) as my British friends would say. It's wonderfully amazing how we do it, but it's not crazy because there's a structure and an art to doing it. You can learn to do it pretty predictably with a structure.
0: That's fun how you. So I
1: I actually did it at the very beginning when I, I didn't say thanks. Nice to be here. I said, thank you, and as we begin this exploration of the power of subconscious language today. So look at that language. (laughs) I said, thank you, as we begin together. So we and together are what I call implied relationship words. They imply a relationship. I didn't say before I lead your audience on this exploration. I said before we begin this exploration together, i'm so happy to be sharing when you share something it implies a relationship so right Mm -hmm. then and there i'm using suggestive language to suggest to imply that i already have a relationship with your audience so we're going beyond rapport i'm creating rapport with an audience that i don't even know and aren't directly addressing in real time so imagine if you're doing this over the phone with a customer who you have real time two-way communication with. This is very profoundly powerful stuff. It's completely unconventional, off the wall. I've been called multiple times, I've been called bat bleep, because I won't say it on your (laughs) show. Bat bleep crazy, which I take to be a tremendous compliment.
0: Oh, I would too. Take it as a compliment, of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when you were talking, I was thinking of like cold outreach. So, do you know what the success would be, is, or is using this type of language with cold?
1: Well, algae? first of all, I don't like the metaphor. When I coach, I always interrupt and correct language. Okay, please. I don't like the idea of cold. It's a okay. bad metaphor. Is the person literally 32 degrees Fahrenheit? Are
0: hey, there literally. Up
1: north? Are there literally <laughs> well, come on now. Honestly, Jim, are there icicles yes. hanging from them? Cold implies that there's a barrier. I don't like it. I like to think of opportunity outreach. Not I got to make my cold calls today, but I am choosing to joyously make my opportunity outreaches today. <laughs> it, it it reframes it because when you're doing an opportunity outreach, who's got the value? You yeah. or the other person? You do. Otherwise you're framing it. And when you say cold outreach, you're implying, you're framing it as you've got a struggle. You're implying that it's struggle instead of effort mm-hmm. It's just struggle that's laced with emotion. We absolutely have to effort, but struggle is unnecessary when we know how to approach things from a frame. And my frame, I teach my clients is I keep my frame process oriented and uninvested and wield the twin swords of hu- swords not swords of humor and outcome independence. See, let's talk about being uninvested. Any champion is invested in his skills or her skills and interested in the outcome. in a breakfast of bacon and eggs, The pig is invested. The chicken is interested. So if we keep it (laughs) process-oriented, then we take the pressure of having to get the outcome. Yes, we want to get the outcome, but when we need to get something in life, typically that's the very thing that life will push away from us. Mm
0: -hmm. I'll try to reframe my question, my original question. Does that work?
1: Yeah. Can you ask again? I interrupt, but I like to interrupt.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Have you, or your students, like, do you know how well using this type of language works with opportunities with other people that we have yet to gain a relationship with?
1: All right. It's interesting you should say that because up until recently, I would say no. But about two months ago, I trained a call center in the Philippines. And the number one problem they were having is when they would call and do their outreach, the first thing they would get is your car. Call- only from a call center, aren't you? Do you understand? Because they could hear the accent and more importantly, they could hear other people chatting in the background. So I taught mm-hmm. them to reframe it and, do, and say, you're absolutely right, sir. I am a part of a dedicated service team. So now we're reframing it. It's not a call center. It's a dedicated service team. So mm-hmm. dedicated service and team each imply a valuable, something that's valuable. When you take three positively charge words and you put them together the unconscious mind has to switch the flow of its direction attention and emotion does that make sense so that's yeah. one way I would do it and the second thing is we want to do pattern interrupts so if people say I've already gotten I've already gotten 10 calls in the last week just take me off your call list and that sort of thing I'm assuming this is what you're talking about outreach, through the phone or outreach through email? Either one. Well, outreach through email is a different thing. You have to have a good... I also happen to be a copywriter, so you have to have a really good subject line. So that's Mm -hmm. a different story. But if you're going to write an email, let's assume you have a good subject line, I would say something along the lines of, as I'm sharing this message with you today, I'm not sure all the ways as you're reading you'll find yourself growing more and more interested in what it is I'm about to reveal. Now let's look okay. at that. As you're as you follow along or as you're reading this message today, I'm not sure all the ways in which you'll find yourself growing more and more interested in what it is I have to share. But as that's taking place, blah 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 blah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: So you're you're basically pre-framing the relationship right there too, right? Like sharing.
1: Exactly correct. And I'm doing something else even more clever. I'm I'm saying, I'm not sure all the ways. When I say, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure all the ways, what does that imply?
0: Everything. Like all encompassing.
1: Not quite. When I say, I'm not sure all the ways you'll find me a fascinating guest, it implies that, I'm an interesting guest and there are multiple ways in which I'm an interesting guest. It yes. implies it. it doesn't say it. Now I said before the show, I said, I'm going to give you one of the most interesting shows you've ever had. I was direct <laughs> about it because I had that opportunity where it's a two way communication. It also happens to be true. Yeah.
0: I like the tidbits that you've so far. My brain's just like going off now. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Well, part of what I do when I do podcasts is to, I like to establish a relationship with the host and to entertain them and to be a coach to the host. Mm -hmm. I think through listening to me being a coach to the, yeah, to be a coach to the host, people listening may for all their own reasons, stop and think, wow, if he's coaching the host, who knows Mm -hmm. what I can do coaching you. Right. Right.
0: So just to change it up a little bit on you for you. So what do you do along with podcasts? To get in front of new people or to get in front of your ideal client?
1: Well, primarily I use podcasts, but I also use LinkedIn and I use Facebook. I have my own Facebook group, but you have to be careful. You have to what have what my, one of my coaches calls a platform neutral business. You can't be on just one platform because you if you are, you can get deplatformed very easily, particularly in today's woke culture and politically correct culture. And I keep politics out what I do, but I'm the most anti-woke person you can ever meet. So I would say, number one, have a platform neutral business, but I use LinkedIn. I use Facebook groups in particular i don't use facebook advertising i use i'm just starting to use instagram i don't know that my business is ideal for instagram because it's not really a visual medium but we're giving it a shot and i do a lot of podcasts
0: and you kind of funnel everyone from those channels into email don't you? So that you can capture them that Sometime,
1: way too. Well no. For example, when I do podcasts, I well, do I funnel people in the emails? Sort of. Because I've found at least in my experience of being a guest on podcast, if you say, yeah, pick up my free course, here's the link. Eh, people are going to go to the link. I don't know what I'm going to see when I go to the link. I just tell people, here's my personal email, email me. And well, I'll tell you guys how to do it to the end of this. My way is simple. I give my personal email. I offer something. As soon as they email me, I send them the, sign them up for the free course and then, after that, I'm in communication with them. They can always sign out anytime they want. But mm-hmm. I found that's the way to do it. I don't. Other people can do it through sending people the links. Some people do texting as a way of doing it. Here's the number, text this number to here. I'm just doing it the old-fashioned way. I found through trial and error. Best way is to offer personal communication.
0: Which is sometimes lacking these days now.
1: Yes. And also to have an avatar of who you want to work with. I... Mm-hmm. I really do. This is not a marketing thing. I qualify who I want to work with just because they have the money doesn't mean I'm going to work with them. I did a. I started my work week today at 9 a.m. with a a client I love. It's it's a joy and delight to work with him. But he went to interview. He went through a genuine interview process with me so I could go, who do I want to work with? Not necessarily niched by business per se, but who is the kind of human being who has the quality of mind and the quality of personality that i want to work with that's my my way of looking to see who what is my dream work day what is my dream business look like
0: doing it like that definitely allows you to have more of an opportunity to really enjoy your day right
1: Uh, absolutely i don't want to work i coined a term I was talking to my own coach. I have two coaches. I said, I don't want to work with a Blankenstein. (laughs) I coined that (laughs) term. A Blankenstein is someone who, first of all, has no knowledge of the subject you're teaching, no success of the subject you're teaching, and they're not coachable. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to work with a Blankenstein. I want the opposite of the Blankenstein. (laughs) You guys can steal that from me if you'd like.
0: Sounds good. (laughs) So you've started using Instagram as a, another, say, medium for reaching others. What do you have any, like, what are some of your big goals that you have in the next one to two years?
1: With Instagram or, or in general? Or just
0: in, in business.
1: I'm looking to do a couple of things. I'm looking to build a practice of coaching individuals, like really high net worth, high successful individuals that I would say would bring me in between half a million to $750,000 a year. And then I'm also looking to do group trainings, having my own groups, group programs that last about 10 weeks. And I also am looking to do more executive coaching. As a mindset coach, I find executives... Learn, live with The guy I'm coaching who's an executive, CEO, owns his own company, said it's a very acidic environment and there's a lot of drivenness and it just doesn't serve them mentally. Their ability to stay mentally focused and even, I'm going to play carefully here, spiritually aware is very challenged when they're constantly driving, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't mean... Drive your car, but being driven. And then quite frankly, I have an ulterior motive. (laughs) I'm, I'm not joking, the same reason I come on podcasts is I want people to fall in love with the same thing I'm in love with. I am madly and passionately in love with the power of language to change the world, to turn pain into passion, stumbling blocks into stepping stones, free your world or freeze it. Language is amazing. I'm not particularly religious, but I know my scripture. And it says, in the beginning, God said, Let there be light. He didn't just wish it into existence, which he could have done if you believe in this. I'm not saying whether I do or I don't, but if you believe in God, certainly God can do anything. He could have just wished the whole thing, but he didn't. He said, Let there be light, let there be, etc., etc. etc. So even in scripture, we acknowledge that words have incredible power. Mm-hmm. If you look at the If you look at the word spell, well, does that mean I spelled out a word or I cast a spell on someone? The word grammar comes from the mid medieval English word, grimmery. And grimmery was a book of spells that people use to create things, to cast spells on people. So I'm in love with language. I want people to fall madly in love with language. I want people to be in love with what I'm in love with. And maybe, and pay me very well and maybe like me a little in the process.
0: <laughs> That'd be a nice bonus, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be nice. <laughs> I think it's really interesting, like how the where the origin of phrases or words and stuff like that comes from. Because I never like thought of grammar, like where it came from or how, like the spelling or the cast the spell type of aspect. But it's interesting what you can achieve through the chosen words.
1: Very powerful. So,
0: along with all this other wonderful tidbits that you've shared with us, what is the best advice that you've ever received?
1: Oh, I came from my mom. <laughs> my mom was one of my great teachers, and my mom said to me, "I was whining about something." She said, "If you worked half as much as you complain, you'd be twice as far along."
0: <laughs> Man, your mom's a wise woman. I tell my it, son that quite frequently.
1: <laughs> really, in those words, if you worked half as much as you complain, you'd be twice as far along.
0: Not the. <laughs> Exact, but pretty close. (laughs) That's
1: what we call Jewish mathematics. I can say that because I'm Jewish. Um, That's Jewish math.
0: So, how have you taken that advice and applied it?
1: I would say that that was serious advice, but on on a more subtle level. Key meditation teacher taught me something very powerful, which is human beings want certainty more than anything else people don't like uncertainty. They want to know the answer. He said, if you can create a relationship with uncertainty, when you can walk to the world with uncertainty and the unknown as your partners hand in hand, you will stride like a giant through the changing circumstances of life. And I think that's been profound for me. I do a daily meditation practice, which I normally would be doing right now, but I'm enjoying my time with you. I will do it after this this session is over. And I'm profoundly grateful for having that practice. It gives a pretty wacky person like me the closest facsimile to sanity that I'm ever gonna reach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's just overrated. Don't worry. <laughs> so, how have you been able to achieve that? Getting, eliminating the uncertainty.
1: I no, that's not what he said. He said develop a good relationship with uncertainty. I have a series of affirmations I do every morning, and one of them is confusion and uncertainty are my joyous gateways to my clarity, my focus, my purpose, my vision, my joyous achievement of my awesome personal and financial goals. So I, and then I have one that says, I'm blessed to have my challenges in my life. I am blessed to joyously, courageously, creatively face my challenges in my life. I am blessed to joyously, courageously, creatively conquer my challenges in my life. And I have another one that says, I willingly and joyfully take on and accept the inherent challenges uncertainties, unknowns, and setbacks of entrepreneurship. So being able to not only accept these things, but bless them, see them as blessings has been very powerful for me. It's been very emotionally healing for me as well. And it works also in personal life. At the moment, I'm single and looking, not looking, but drawing my ideal partner. And when I have a date that's less than optimum i bless that person for real Mm -hmm. after they're gone i put my hand in my heart and i said bless you may you flourish and prosper and grow and find the love you're seeking thank you for appearing as a stepping stone to the person who is optimum my wonderful woman thank you and i say it from the heart when we take the people who frustrate who I don't want to say they're not doing the frustrating, but when we meet people who, for whatever reason, are triggering us into doing the activity of frustrating, because I don't think we have a thing called frustration. It's an activity we do, a process that we do with our physiology, to use a sloppy word, our energy, our vibe, our cognitive elements, what we say to ourselves, what we envision. They are actually, I believe, depending on how we view it, a teacher. a a stepping stone or a stumbling block. And I believe in blessing those people. When you do it, it enables you practically to keep going. You're not going to tell yourself stories of it's not fair. You're not going to demand or despair in life. When you demand something from life, you're you're not going to get it. You'll be impatient and you'll view everyone who doesn't get you there immediately as your enemy. When you despair, you're going to bring crappy energy into your endeavor and you're going to not present... Yourself in a way that's prepared or attractive. So, when and then when you dabble, when you don't, when you only do things occasionally, I say, talk, I say, be devoted and dedicated and disciplined with a sense of humor and a sense of perspective. So, these are all ways in which I'm personally applying them and also in business. And I will say, as I said, it is effort, it's not struggle. We do have to put a lot of effort into life but struggle is effort that's laced with emotions and laced with stories that don't serve us. So this is how I'm practically applying it and I think this is where my own unique ability to be a mindset teacher and trainer shines because I do, I am able to combine The practical, which I think we need to have, we can't have our head in the clouds or we'll step and poop. (laughs) (laughs) To to combine the practical side of it with a, and again, I'm gonna use a sloppy term, the spiritual side to it. The idea of blessing the people and blessing your challenges and willingly taking things on is, it's a very unique blend and it has to be done with the right proportion to make it viable rather than just an idea. And so to see the connection, then distill out from that processes that people can practically put into place and to do the processes because they bring immediate good feelings. They're fun and nourishing to do.
0: And I like what you, like I'm agreeing with you basically, but like how it's when you bless something, even though you don't necessarily want it or need it in your life, but then you're like those positive energy around it or whatever and allowing room and space for the things that you would rather have to come back into
1: your life. I think you're opening a door to grace in life. This is what my teacher, my meditation teacher taught me that you have to strike a balance between bearing down and working and then easing up and letting grace do its work. And so, and again, I don't mean it not trying to preach religion to you, I, if that's your thing, huh, no pun intended, bless your heart, I, I, and I don't state my position one way or the other, but I think it's a practical tool, getting rid of shaming yourself, getting rid of envy, blaming others, resentment. Envy and resentment are so prevalent in human thinking, comparing yourself to others and telling yourself stories of resentment and despair that you can never get there. All of these things just poison your positive motivation. But I don't think anyone really talks about people talk about fear getting in your way. And that's true. But it's equally true that resentment and envy are equally but more subtly ways of blocking your success. If I look at Mm -hmm. someone who's more successful than I am, and I envy them, it's sending a deep message on the unspoken level that I don't believe I can have what they have. It's also a very global view. It's not it's looking at them as a quote, Successful person, close quotes, without looking at the steps they had to take to get there. That's far more likely to lead to a depressive kind of response if you don't think about it as someone who put in a lot of work with different steps because they're either a successful person or they're not. But it isn't true. People look at successful people, though they don't see the journey they had to take along the way and all the steps and setbacks and, and, smacks to the head metaphorically <laughs> i hope this is not on too airy fairy woo woo a plane of discussion
0: no i think it's good i think it's good but we are needing to ask you what's the best advice you've ever given
1: the best advice i've, I've ever given well the best advice i've ever given is the same as was given to me when you can make uncertainty in the unknown your life partners and walk through life with them, you will stride through the challenges of life like a giant. And I believe that to be true.
0: Thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. Is there anything that you want to share with us that
1: we have not to yet? Absolutely. So I have a training on mindset and on using persuasive language to overcome objections. Like I said, I don't like to send people the links or any of the rest of that. I'll give you my personal email. Just email me, Paul at speakerpauloss.com. Paul at speakerpaulross.com. Put the subject line free. And then all you there's one catch to get my free course. You have to put one takeaway you took from this podcast. Give me one takeaway. I read every email. I will respond to you and make sure that you get the course. There's it's absolutely free. If you like, as you stop and think of how much you've enjoyed this, then I think you can quickly and easily notice your desire and motivation to jump on this offer and go ahead and email me.
0: So is there anywhere else that people can learn more about you
1: if you want to go to my linkedin or if you want to go to my linkedin i'll tell you what you do my linkedin is www.speakerpaulross forward slash linkedin that will take you to my linkedin page
0: awesome okay well thank you again paul for being with us today
1: you're very welcome
0: have a great day and we'll chat soon Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.